0: Oh boy, here we go. It is a uh, six stretch on the pre-tape. That's what it is. And I'm coming at you for your Tuesday show. The great thing about uh, being here on the 49 is being able to uh, tape my interviews in advance. They're all done on Saturdays. We get to talk to all the writers uh, at the podiums. So we get that done. I get a lot of the show out of the way. So that way, when I fall ill... When I get uh, the hiv from Moto Man from being in the studio or I catch an STD from the microphone, I can take time off to heal up and the show will not miss a beat. That is the wonderful thing. Today on the show, in fact, coming up in moments, we are going to talk to Eli Tomek. I think I confused him at one point. Yep. Talking about the 49. Yeah, Eli's got no effing clue. I'll tell you right now, you're Eli Tomac. You, not only do you not know what the big 49 is, you don't care what the big 49 is. You're Eli F. and Tomek. So we got Eli coming up here in a moment, and he's uh, he's always super cool, though. Very nice, professional, gracious man. We appreciate his time, and we have that interview for you. If you missed the Danger Boy Deegan interview, that is coming up in the middle of the show today. So it is All-Star Racing Yamaha on the moto content of the show today plus we got the moto minutes that's not all star racing but they're featured in that a lot too because i know part of the moto minutes today we are breaking down the championship point standings for the 250s and 450s kind of giving you the lay of the land because we're right at the halfway point once we cross this weekend in indianapolis we're past halfway for the season and this weekend we're just back to supercross racing just normal normal stuff uh, coming up in moments, I'm going to say something I thought I would never say on this show, but uh, God bless Massachusetts. Yeah, the mass holes. The mass holes are saving America. And, and why does it take a mass hole to come up with this idea? Why is no one in California, in Washington, or that, that I know of? I've never heard of this before. Uh, they come up with the most genius, most awesome, most innovative idea I've ever heard. It is a next level weed shop. And we are going to talk about this. It is a weed shop that I would go to, and I don't do weed. But I, w- I would go to this weed shop because it's innovative and amazing. So and we're going to get into that. God bless the mass That's all I can say. Saving the day. And those people are, are typically uh, low on my list of people to thank for anything. It's more to mock them on a regular basis. Then I got a story. Uh, this is coming out of Modesto, but it probably came out of towns all over the Western Hemisphere. This is why... We can't have a good, serious UFO conversation without being laughed at. And and I I understand this, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's That's a bad look, but we're going to talk about it. So we will get into that one. I got a crazy guy on an airplane. I got a what the Florida story that is going to freak you out. Somebody playing ding-dong ditch at a Florida house that is not funny and not cool. The worst thing you would ever want in your life at at, at a ding-dong ditch. And it happened Saturday night in Daytona, probably right about the time Eli Tomac was getting his seventh win there in Daytona. I got a dude in the UK that has inspired me to maybe get some body art. I may go get some tattoos. I like what this guy did. And and remember, I'm anti-tattoo typically. I got a, I had some, so i had them all lasered off. I may go back under the gun. I may get uh, new tattoos. And this ink he did is super badass. But, uh... It's funny, and it's super amazing work that the tattoo artwork on this dude is next-level amazing. So I have all of that, plus I got a hell of a lot more. All to talk about here on The Big 49 today for this Tuesday helping of The Stretch Show. Get ready for our friend Eli Tomac coming up here. and just a matter of moments, Eli Tomac going to get a little confused by The Stretch Hour because, well, that's what I do. Just when you think you know the answers, I change the questions. Or I say something that you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you're just very polite. You never know. All that coming up. It's the big four nine. Strap it in, strap it on. Whatever you do. Whatever floats your boat. I don't care. I'm not here to judge you. I'll talk behind your back, but not really going to judge you. Big, big, big. big. Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. You know, we're always looking for good moto to watch on television, on streaming, on YouTube, whatever we can do. And there's a really great one called Unchained, the Untold Story of Freestyle Motocross. And it's a movie that came out in 2016, but now it's available for free on YouTube. So you can get on the YouTube channel, look that up, and check out everything about the roots of the freestyle movement in motocross. Very, very cool. And the fact that it's free is even more awesome. So maybe today at work, when you're, like, you know, sitting there acting like you're working, you can stream uh, Unchained right there on the YouTube while you're pretending to work. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49 in a stretch, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. 49 himself, Eli Tomac. You're like, what am I talking about? That's because tonight, with this win, Eli moves to 49 Supercross career wins and third all-time on the list, breaking the tie with Ricky Carmichael on a track designed by Ricky Carmichael on a track that was once really owned by Ricky Carmichael, but now not only do you have a... Another record with the win at 49 wins. Also, Eli, that's seven wins overall on this track, the winningest rider in the history of Daytona. And at what point did you know, man? I'm adding to the history books tonight. Like, at what point did you got this thing, and you're starting to think this is gonna be amazing?
1: Well, I mean, with with both these guys up here, I
0: don't I don't count the win until I cross the finish line. I okay. I
1: got pretty sketchy on the side of the tunnel with maybe five laps to go or somewhere in there. Okay. So. I mean, I was in the lead at that point, but almost made a mistake. So um, that's it, man. It's just like you got to cross that finish line before you start counting any any wins. All
0: right, let's talk about the uh, pass on Cooper there. It was on that straightaway right there against the crowd. They were going freaking nuts. Uh, Walk us through that point because once you got that lead, you never gave it back.
1: Yep, yeah, it was right after the finish line there, and and you know it was um it was just a thing where I, I believe he had you know false neutral neutral okay. so um and then I was able just to, to slide on by and, and do the normal triple line so um there wasn't a whole lot of you know thought thought to it I just happened to be uh, just to the right side of him so it. I was able just to slide right by
0: all right then let's talk about the three-way battle for the red plate you've held on to it all season long but cooper and sexton are both right there on you is it surprising to you to look around and see the same two dudes right on you week after week after week because it's one two three with you guys man it's been something to see yeah i mean you can see uh you know i think uh right right now us three are, are are separating
1: ourselves um you know to a, to a certain degree so yeah you are <laughs> um, i guess you but you know we'll we'll probably expect to see this again
0: yeah we will expect to see this again next week in Indianapolis i would imagine uh eli let's talk about how awesome it is for you here at daytona and you've got to be feeling this crowd cuz it is a large crowd and they are loud and they love you what's it like just feeling that crowd uh coming around that track knowing you're about to get another victory here at daytona
1: it's neat uh you know when the when the fans can get right up against the the podium there uh with yeah, us cuz um the other supercrosses you know that doesn't happen so yeah. um you know you just uh, you know they're just right there so you get to engage with the fans it's it's uh, pretty cool. All
0: right, let's talk about the bike Eli not the greatest day for qualifying for you. Didn't look like you were going to be as dominant as you ended up being. So what happened with the bike between uh, where we saw you start today and where we see you in the day?
1: I I did a little fork setting change between uh, the first and second um time qualifier, okay. um, but that was it. It was wasn't really anything major, and um, I don't I don't know. I I just uh, was was slow in a couple of spots on the track I, okay. and then I never put one really fast lap together
0: all right eli let's talk about this this was the first of the speedway races this season we all know the super motocross later this summer which you are now in for is also going to be on a you know speedway type setups so did you learn anything today that you can add you know to the rest of the season to atlanta or any of the playoff rounds coming up this summer
1: I mean, uh, the the unique thing about here is, is just the, the dark sand. So, yeah. I mean, yes, our mile per hour is up here, um, okay. you know, which will be like the other speedways. But um, it's hard to replicate the soil. So I guess you don't know yeah. what you're going to get, uh, you know, at, okay. those, at those other events um, outside of Atlanta.
0: But speedways in general, I know you're the king of Daytona here. So is it something you like the speedway tracks or would you rather just have the typical, you know, supercross indoor track like baseball stadium style?
1: Yeah, it's it's good just to have them have something a little bit out of the ordinary for us. So okay. I feel like
0: the speedways are they're a good change up, you know, for us. All right, Eli, uh, a magical number you're at right now, 49 wins on the season. I think the big 49's been behind you since the day we started on the air. It's got to feel good. How good does that number 49 feel to you? I know you're number one, number three, all that, but 49's magical. Let me tell you that, Eli. I it's just it's a cool spot to be in. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.
1: I don't got much to say. It's 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 uh it's pretty crazy to think uh, to be at forty nine, but uh, yes, no, um, yeah, I don't got anything else to say.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, I didn't think you would, Eli. Uh, let's talk about this. We're in Florida tonight. It's gonna rain. It rains on and off in Florida all the time. It's just part of the weather system, but it doesn't seem to really affect the track like in other areas. Like in California, you get rain, then it's gonna be slipping and sliding and mayhem. How do you prepare for the rain in a track like this one tonight?
1: Um, for me, I. I went to um, roll offs just to just to not chance anything Okay. because um, I you know obviously it's hard to see what's going on uh, with the rain so yeah. um, that's the main thing I, I think about is, is what you're gonna do with with your vision once it starts raining okay. and then, Uh, I guess luckily for us, you know, it didn't do much during the actual race.
0: Yeah, a little bit of rain, but uh, nothing much out there tonight. It was great to see Eli. Congratulations on win number seven at Daytona, on win number 49 on a career. And I got a feeling you're going to be adding to both of those in the future. It is awesome to see and be a part of this uh, journey with you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate you as always. I am Stretch. This is The Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big Fortnine, it's a stretch show on a Tuesday right now we're gonna go to the mass holes and I am gonna take two things that can be wonderful and combine them together for an, an amazing thing that is happening first let me walk you through what happened during the pandemic you're like stretch why are you playing t-paint why are you playing I'm in love with a stripper just keep your pants on buster I'll tell you why back during the pandemic a lot of businesses got hosed A lot of businesses went under. A lot of businesses did not make it. Strip clubs being one of them. RIP to all the strip clubs that are now gone. Well, in Waitley, Massachusetts, there's a club castaway. And it went out of business during the pandemic. Some people bought it back in August of 2019 for $425,000 and they had to close it very shortly after they bought it because of, well, the coronavirus pandemic just put them out of business. You could no longer shake your titties without wearing a mask and you could no longer be in a bar. Mask or no mask. They're like, wait a minute. We'll put a mask on our hoosets so nobody gets a a COVID queef in their face and we'll turn our strippers loose and we'll be fine. And they're like, yeah, no, 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 no. Especially in a a real libby-lib state like Massachusetts, California, New York florida that might have flew florida may have been saying we're going butt naked we're going to keep our strippers working but that didn't happen in massachusetts in most of the country so a lot of strip clubs went out of business this is like tip the 40 it's sad but this is where the story gets better the owners of castaways of now they went and they, they realized what can we do we we gotta get out of this we're upside down. We lost a half a million dollars just buying the business, not to mention the business itself. We're we're, we're going under. About that time, start getting recreational marijuana in Massachusetts. They applied for one of those licenses. It looks like it's going through. They're waiting to get it. And then they came up with this genius idea. They went to the Waitley Select Board and they said, we just want to run this by you because this is what we want to do. We want to have the first topless dispensary. That's right. It's a marijuana strip club. That's what they're doing. They say they're fine getting rid of alcohol altogether. They'll ditch the alcohol because they're in love with strippers and weed. So they want to slang weed with topless girls. I'm sure they're going to have stripper poles and make it like a full-blown strip club. They're looking to have a little smoke lounge in the back like a cigar bar. You ever go to a cigar bar, you sit back and you can smoke in a cigar bar? God, there was a place in New York called the Macanudo Club. My favorite place ever. It was a high-end, wonderful food. Steakhouse and bar. And you could just sit at your table and smoke cigars. It was grandfathered in because it was the Macanudo Club, owned by the Macanudo cigar people. And it was an amazing high-end place. It was up in the DMZ, up towards Harlem, but it wasn't in Harlem. It was still before it got really, really sketch up in Harlem. Man, I love that place. I haven't been in New York in a very long time, so I don't even know if it's still there. I doubt that it is, especially after, like I said, the pandemic. But imagine this. Imagine going in, getting boobies and getting uh, lit up, getting lifted, getting your smoke on, getting your ganja on. This is going to happen. And and why am I not hearing this? Why are they not doing this in California? Why are they not doing this in Oregon, Washington, Colorado? Why why have I not heard of this before? Why does it take a mass hole out of Massachusetts to say, hey, we're going to have a topless dispensary? Of course, the planning committee said, well, who's going to be topless? And they said, we're probably going to rehire all of our old strippers. They would love to come work for us. We loved working with them, and they have, you know, they've been out of work for a long time. We're going to bring back the big old titties, and we're going to whip them out. And the people are going to get back, and they're just going to do it with weed instead of booze this time. And I'm, if I'm on that planning committee, I'm like, approved, click, click, stamp, all good. And by the way, you're going to get a lot less drunken fights in a dispensary than you're going to get in a bar. Typically, stoners don't get drunk and fight. Drunk people fight all the time and get stupid and grab the girls. Worst case thing that's going to happen here is people are going to fall asleep. They're going to be like, I'm watching a stripper. Next thing I woke up, it's four hours later. Go home and tell your wife that. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just sitting there and I smoked and then there was a stripper up there and then I passed out. I wasn't in the champagne room having sex. No, I was not. I was asleep because I was all high. They got some sticky icky icky there. It's no joke. I'm not in love with a stripper. What are you talking about? Yeah. I love this story. I love everything about this story, so I hope that Castaways gets their weed license rolling. If not, it's just gonna be a dispensary. But I dig that they're innovative and they're going for the topless dispensary, and they're trying to bring back the old school strippers from when it was a strip club that got closed down by the pandemic. Look at that. People digging out of the pandemic, rebuilding their lives. Shout out to Castaways. I hope you guys get your, your jump off there in Whateley, Massachusetts. I am stretch. Coming up here in moments, I'll spit more nonsensical babble at you because it's what I do. It's a Tuesday on the 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49 Moto Minute, brought to you by LBZ. You know that after every Supercross and Motocross event, we get into the press conference and we get the audio of all of the answers of the riders, the winners, the guys up on the podium. We ask some questions, and then we chop it all down for you. We make these wonderful interviews. Well, I got to tell you, I have a clip. Of the Eli Tomac interview that is on the stretch show today, and I uh, have to tell you, I'm going to use this out of context over and over and over. It's Eli talking about, well, in my eyes, the big 49. What do you think, Eli? I, it's just, it's a cool spot to be in, and uh, yeah, man, yeah, man.
1: I don't got much to say. It's 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 uh, it's pretty crazy to think uh, to be at 49, but uh, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, we don't got anything
0: else to say. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're welcome. Um, we're glad to have you at the Big 49, Eli. We really are. Congratulations on all your winning and the red plate having and the re-signing and the probably going to win the the Super Motocross Championship this summer. Probably going to win another outdoor title. Probably going to win the Supercross title. It's crazy. Yeah, but we're glad to have you, Eli. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Oh, uh, here we go. I got bad news. Oh boy, uh, that's actually really good news. You should never stop wanking. Wankers unite, wankers should be wanking forever. I got scientific evidence here that stopping wanking is really, really bad for your health, both physical and mental health. They call it no fat. Abstaining from masturbation raises risk of anxiety, depression, erectile dysfunction, and more. Uh, They say the study has found that the practice of abstaining from masturbation may in fact have the opposite effect of doing anything good for you. In fact, some doctors have encouraged people to abstain from any type of sexual release and to improve their erectile dysfunction. And now they're realizing through this study that abstaining makes it worse. They say the no fat movement urges men to avoid masturbation to boost confidence, focus, and even cure erectile dysfunction. Those who abide by the practice even call themselves Fabstronauts. I think Moto Man is a Fabstronaut. No, he's a Wankstronaut. It's totally different. No, yeah, he's a Wankstronaut. So they took 587 men. They found that men said once they abstain from masturbating over a period of time throughout the study, many of them felt worthless, they felt shame, they felt sad and in many cases uh, some of them even became suicidal because they would relapse because they couldn't hold out and then they were like, wow, for this stupid study I can't abstain from spanking it and then they would get all of those things and it was really messing with their brains because here they are trying to abstain for a study and they can't because they're, they're serial wankers. They're wankstronauts like Moto. Also, those same men in the study that were all abstaining all started to report erectile dysfunction problems. Say experts support occasional masturbation and sex, they say, for its many healthy benefits. Even uh, one Harvard University found that men who uh, ejaculate at least 21 times a month slash their risk of prostate cancer by one-third. They say when the prostate explodes, It releases toxins that are built up in there and those could lead to cancer and awfulness. So bam, look at that. They say there's no scientifically determined number of how often a man or woman should masturbate, but medical professionals do urge people to undertake the habit occasionally, saying it can help to reduce stress and prove self-esteem and even for men reduce the risk of prostate cancer. When people masturbate, it prompts the release of a feel-good hormone like oxytocin and endorphins, which boost your mood and puts you in a better mood. So if you got somebody that's, like, sitting around and being a little twit, you just go, why don't you go yank one out and come back later? I think we're going to put a spank room at the 49. Next time I go there and Moto's got attitude for days, I'm going to be, like, into the spank room for you with your stack of National Geographic's. Yeah. They say part of the allure of the no fat movement is it claims to beat a pornography addiction, which they claim tons of people have, but the science behind the study, and this study came out of Harvard, came out of UCLA, combining, they say there's no medical, medical backing whatsoever to claim that the NoFappers are beating pornography addiction. They're, they're just abstaining from it for as long as they can, and then they're coming back with mental health issues when they relapse much like any addiction, just so you know. Professionals have previously just suggested, however, that pornography addiction may be pursuing porn for hours online at the neglect of other activities like sleep and seeing the amount of time uh, spent watching it continue to grow and still doing nothing about it. They also claim to help boost testosterone levels to promote muscle growth if you abstained, and that's BS they say as well. The latest paper scientists asked men about their experience with relapse and they were like that's when they all got shamed and they all felt horrible. So the moral of this story is this. The moral of this story is you mofos need to get out there and get to wanking. You wank- wankers need to wank. That's what you need to do. You need to listen to 50 Cent. They say that you're a wankster and you need to embrace that. You need to wank. You need to cure your prostate cancer, cure your erectile dysfunction. Uh, Get yourself in a better mood and um, God, what else? There's just everything. Also, you won't be a two-pump chump when you finally do get uh, some nookie It's a wonderful thing. Why would anyone stop spanking? Spanking is wonderful Scientific study Someone says uh, and they try to shame you for being a spanker you tell them it is scientifically proven to help not only my physical and mental uh, health, so f you I'm going to go into the spank room right now with this National Geographic and grind one out. That's what you do. Tell them your old Uncle Stretch told you it's it's all good. Yeah, and I got science to back me up. Science, I say. Real science. I'm Stretch. You're welcome. It's the Big Four Nine. Big Big big. The Big 49 Moto Minute Brought to you by LBZ Time to look at the championship point standings for the 450 class And as we hit the halfway point of the season You've got a three-way point leader battle going on Between Eli Tomac at number one with 186 Cooper Webb in second with 181 and Chase Sexton in third with 178 points and it kind of ends there for the championship battle. After that, Jason Anderson is in no man's land in fourth at 148 points but still not in title contention yet 10 points ahead of the next rider to him and that's Ken Roxen and there you got a little bit of a dogfight with Roxon. Plessinger and Varsha at six, seven and eight with 138, 135 and 132 points each. Then it really falls off to number eight and Christian Craig just breaking the 100 point line. Gotta tell you the biggest surprise in the entire 450 point system is that RJ Hampshire with just one race ever on a 450 is at a tie for 25th with Malcolm Stewart, who had three races under his belt this season before he got injured. And by everyone's standards was having a really good year, yet he's tied with RJ Hampshire, who had just one race. That's how great RJ did in his debut race. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch, show. I'm going to talk a little softer. I had to try to save my voice. I got to get through this week. I'm trying my best. Uh, and I'm recording a whole bunch of crap trying to track ahead so that I can actually get some rest and, and recoup. So i got to try to space myself out. Uh, let, right now, let's get into this story. This is straight out of Florida, straight out of Daytona, Florida. So imagine Saturday night. You're in Daytona. What else are you going to do in Daytona? You're watching Eli F. and Tomac win his seventh Supercross at the at the track. That's what you're watching. You're like, dude, that's Eli F and Tomac Get 49 wins in his Supercross career. Big four nine. Eli Tomac is representing. And all of a sudden you hear like a knock at the door. It's not a ding dong, but it's a knock at the door. And you're like, that's weird. So you go over and open your front door because you know, you're in Florida. It's the Sunshine State. Sure, there's crazy people there. Sure, there's cannibals and zombies and everything nuts in Florida, but hey, Sure, it's filled with bikers right now because it's Daytona Bike Week going on. But, you know, you hear a little scuffle on the porch. you got to go investigate. So that's exactly what this guy did in Daytona. He got up. He's like, hit pause. I don't want to miss any of this race. This Eli Tomac, cooper Webb battle is epic. So he gets up. He goes to the front door. His name is uh, uh, Mr. Lucas... He comes over, he opens the door, and right when he opens the door, a seven-foot alligator just jumps up and bites him. I think it was going for his crotch, personally. I think that crotch was on a mission to, or that gator was on a mission to remove his penis like that Italian doctor I talked about yesterday. Yeah, just nothing. The guy freaks out, gets the door slammed, calls uh, 911 because he's bleeding, and they gotta take him to the hospital they also call the animal control people who come and find the gator and this is how you know it's a trailer trash gator a la the kid rock trailer trash music represent i'm not knocking it i'm just identifying with it here we go this gator this white trash gator with its white beater on rolls up on the porch in the middle super supercross knocks on the door the dude opens it it jumps up and bites him in the thigh He gets the door closed. It doesn't come in and eat him, but then the the white trash gator rolls off the porch and goes and hides under a trailer because everybody knows in Florida you got a trailer on your property or nine. You know, that's where the cousins live and grandma. They all live in the trailers around the property. So it had gone a hit under a trailer when the uh, animal services people got there. They caught it and euthanized it. It's a nuisance gator. I'll say it's a nuisance. Gator played ding-dong ditch and then tried to bite your ding-dong off. That's that's terrifying right there. I'd never open my door again. Tell you what, that guy needs an effing peephole, and he needs one down low in case the attacker is only going to be about 8 to 10 inches high off the ground, maybe a foot high. Seven-foot gator, seven-foot long, but he's low to the ground. You open the door. Hello? Hello? Bam! Thing lunges up and bites you on the top of the freaking thigh. What the F? The ding-dong-biting, ding-dong-ditching gator. That's not right. Gators shouldn't be able to do that. You know he knocked on the freaking door with his tail. You know he rolled up went clunk clunk. And then turned around. And he waited and the guy opened the door and he's like, gotcha. That's like having an effing shark come up to your house and ring the effing doorbell that bites you. That's the Florida version of a shark attack. But even though they get their fair share of shark attacks too. Florida is effed up. Yeah. So the gator is on the ground. He says he opens the front door, believes someone was there uh, visiting his son, opens the door, and it lunges and bites him on his upper thigh right by his crotch. And gators are not that tall, so that means the thing effing jumped. A seven-foot gator jumping at you like that. The, the, The thing's nightmares are made out of. That's insane. Don't go to Florida. Don't live in Florida. There's no reason to. Yeah, the tax laws are good, but... Gators biting you in the crotch when they knock on the door is bad. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9. Coming up next, we're going to talk to our friend Danger Boy Deegan of the Star Racing Yamaha Crew, now sitting at number three in the 250 East Championship points, and he came in on his first podium at number three Saturday night in Daytona. We'll talk about all of that coming up here on the 4-9. Big 49 It is a Stretch show on a Tuesday. Uh, battling through this week of illness with everything I got in the tank. We're going to get through here. I promise you that. (sighs) Plus I got workers in my house so I can't sleep. I'm sick and I can't sleep. My wife's trying to kill me. She's trying to take me out. I think she's got an insurance. I got to check and see what kind of insurance policy she put on me. She's trying to get me. Right now I'm playing my X-File theme because you know how much I love talking about UFOs, aliens, um, government experimental aircraft, conspiracy theory, all of that stuff right up the stretch alley. The paranormal is my thing and now I got to talk this is why we can't have nice things. You know, you have that. You know, when you were a kid, and you and your brother or sister or friends would be screwing around in your house, and you break something, and your mom would say, "This is why we can't have nice things, because we got a little a-hole kid. We got a little idiot that lives in our house, and they break everything nice, so we can't have anything nice. And they make you feel bad. And then they put you on restriction, and then they make you pay it back, and then you're mowing lawns for free till you're like 30. But that's what happens." Well, this is why us paranormal buffs can't have nice things. Last week, and I saw it. And what's funny, I will admit, where I was in Los Angeles when I saw this is I was very, very near LAX at my real job. And I see strange when big jets take off and they're real low. They, I would tell you this, I know people think those are UFOs all the time. Because it's three, you'll see three lights as they get kind of far away, but they're still not, you know, up high yet. And they're out over the ocean and they're off in the distance and you see the three lights. Then inevitably at some point it'll turn a little bit. And then you'll see the flashing strobe and you're like, oh, that's a jet. But you'll see the three lights. You're like, it's it's almost in a weird triangle shape. And I, I totally see that all the time. I also know I'm right near the airport and it's always a airplane. Well... Last week, there was a night, I believe it was Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it was. There were two lights in the sky on the same horizon at at whatever time of night it was here in Southern California. Let's say it was around the nine o'clock hour. They were down definitely west out over the ocean. You looked out and you would see two bright lights really close together like eyes staring down. And I, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, a plane. And then about five minutes later, I looked, well, the plane's in the same spot. Well, that's not a plane. Then I looked closely, and then I remembered I had heard of someone talking about it on the radio that this week, if you looked into the western sky, you would see, I think it's Jupiter and Uranus kiss. I said Uranus. <laughs> no, Jupiter and Venus, they were kissing, and and they, they at some point... At one one night, they got they crossed paths in the sky at a distance, but they looked really, really close to where they were coming, and they they literally looked like they were gonna uh, touch. That's how close they got. But there was that time that I'm looking at it and I'm like, those are two bright lights in the sky, and they're low on the horizon. And I even thought people are gonna be thinking this is a UFO because it's just staying stationary and it's not moving and they're bright and they're not where you would expect planets to be. And sure enough, this story coming out of Modesto, home of meth and fun stuff, two shiny uh, dots in the sky Wednesday night, they say created a flood of emergency calls along California's Central Valley to 911. People start calling 911. Going, there's two, there's two lights in the sky. What's going on? Like, if you saw a UFO, would you call 911? If, if a UFO landed in my front yard and they were like trying to steal my, steal my family or like poke my dog in the butt or something, I would be going, uh, yeah, maybe I call 911. I'd probably just start trying to shoot at them, but that doesn't ever seem to work. But that's what, what, what our go-to is because we're stupid humans. But this is why. Think about it. Watch it. If it's not a threat, why would you ever call 911? And the fact that they had to put out, like, on their social media, the sheriff's department there, saying, hey, guys, stop reporting Venus and Jupiter in the night sky. It's just where they are this time of year. Like, uh, relax. And sure enough, people are that stupid. And the fact that a sheriff's department had to release a statement telling people to stop calling 911 about Venus and Jupiter... Tells you, this is why we can't have nice things, UFO people. Because there's so many stupid people out there. Yeah. They say calling 911 on stars is a new one. And, And remember, there's time you'll get celestial events in the sky... Sometimes that won't happen for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, 100 years. There's 1,000-year events in the sky. There's a lot of things that happen staring up into outer space. Now, in Los Angeles, we missed probably 97% of those because of smog and also uh, light pollution that wash out the night sky. But this was clearly visible in the night sky here in Los Angeles. So where it's a little darker up in Modesto, I imagine people freaked out. These two lights, they're just hanging in the sky there. They're UFOs. And people called and called and called and called. And trust me, this wasn't just a Modesto problem. I don't want to knock the meth capital of California, Modesto, as saying, hey, this is your problem. No, I'm going to tell you this is a idiot problem. And we have an idiot problem. And when we start trying to talk about UFOs or anything paranormal, people go to the default idiot reporter. And they say, what about all the people that called 911 on Venus and Jupiter this year? And you're like, well, you got a point. I got to give you that one. You can't really argue that point. So, for the love of God, for all things paranormal, if you like paranormal, don't call 911. If you see a ghost, don't call 911. If you see uh, lights in the sky, don't call 911. Like, if you see a guy armed robbing someone, call 911. You see a guy planting a bomb or a suspicious package, call 911, but don't call it for lights in the sky. And especially when those lights are planets that are just crossing paths in our sky from from our perspective, crossing paths. So knock it off, knock it off. All right, coming up next, we're gonna talk about a guy that might have inspired me to get some tattoos. This guy's in the UK, he's awesome. He's seriously awesome. I gotta get this picture up. Moto Man, we gotta get this picture up on the Big 49 website. Can you put it on the stretch show section? See if I can send it to you. I'm stretching. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Here we are at the halfway point of the Supercross season, and let's take a look at the 250 East championship points. Hunter Lawrence is starting to pull away from the pack, much like his brother Jed is doing in the 250 West. Hunter now has the red plate and a 14-point lead over number two, Max Anstey. He's at 85 points, which is nine better than number three, Hayden Deegan. But, man, at three, four, five, and six, which is Deegan Smith, J-Mart, and Thrasher, all separated by just four points total. So I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of flip-flopping in the middle of that top ten there before this season is over. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show. Right now, we're going to do it all for the Nookie, and I got to tell you, Uh, Can you handle pain? If you can handle pain and you're lazy, this is the thing for you. It's coming out of the UK. I got to get this picture. I'll I'll put the picture up on our Instagram. So I'll send this picture up on our Instagram. It's big49radio on Instagram. You should be following us, by the way, just because we need friends. We're needy. Uh, Check us out. I'm going to put this one up there today. I, I may go get this very same tattoo. So, guy in the UK, I guess he's quite the jokester he knows that summertime is coming spring is here, summer's around the corner, time to get your beach body on, but who wants to diet and exercise and do all that damn cardio to get abs, by the way the key to abs is cardio, not crunches and this guy's like I want ripped abs, but I don't want to work out for them uh he went down to a guy named Gunther who has a tattoo shop in the UK called uh, Color Realism Tattoos. And this dude is an effin'... He's a true tattoo genius. Like, this work is amazing. This dude went in and had his entire uh, front tattooed, and he has... He's a fat guy, fat doughboy. Imagine a puffy little doughboy who now has the greatest, most ripped physique abs tattooed onto his body ever. And no matter how fat he gets, he's going to have these chiseled abs. And you're like, okay, it seems laughable. Look at this picture. Go to our Instagram and look at this picture. This dude, this guy, Gunther, does some amazing stuff, dude. It's insane how realistic this looks. When the guy pulls up his shirt, you're looking at it like wow, it looks like that guy looks CGI, is what it looks like. It it doesn't look 100% real, but it looks pretty damn real, and it's like this super defined, it's even got the obliques on the side, all chiseled out and defined, and it's all a tattoo. This guy is a fat little pudgy doughboy, and they Tatted the skin color and everything, so he looks it's a little more tan than his doughy UK white physique, but it's ripped as hell. It looks amazing. No exercise required. Granted, it took two days of straight tattooing to do it. And think of all the shading because the entire thing is shaded every single bit from below his chest down, every single bit of his entire front half of his body is tattooed. Is covered. Every single millimeter is shaded with a like a fleshy, I guess a brownish, pinkish color to it. So he looks like he's got tan ripped abs. He's got the. It's beyond a six pack. It's like a twelve pack. Like the most ripped abs you've ever seen in your life, and they are tattooed on here. And it is effing hysterical. If I can find, I'll find the. I might find the Instagram video and put that in our reels. Like I'll, I'll attach it. Maybe I'll do that. In one way or another, go to our Instagram and check our reels and check our post, and you will find it today up there. But this guy, it's effing amazing. It really is. And he did it all for the Nookie, because now he's going to go everywhere and pull his shirt up, and girls are going to be like, oh, my God, look how ripped that guy is. At what point do you think when they touch it, they're going to be like, those are the softest, doughiest, chiseled, ripped abs I've ever seen in my life? Because that's what they look like. And it's crazy. He didn't change his exercise regimen or his eating habits. He just... Dumped a lot of money and spent two days getting poked with a needle. Two solid days. It is insane. All right, you got you got to see this. Very funny stuff. All right, coming up next. I got another good story for your ass because it's what I do. I'm stretch. to big four nine. Big four nine. It is a stretch show on a Tuesday. Getting the f up on out of here. We learned a lot today. We learned that. Dumbasses screw up the whole UFO movement, make us a laughing stock when they call 911 for Venus and Jupiter. Dumb, dumbasses. Don't be a dumbass. <clears throat> I didn't even get to all the stories I had. I had a lot of stories today. I will bang some out uh, tomorrow. I will save a few for the tomorrow show. I got freaking Ding Dong Ditch Wally Gator, the Gator of the Swamp. Kicking ass in Florida and Daytona. We had Eli Tomac on the show. We had Hayden Deegan on the show. It was a star racing Yamaha kinda day. I got a fat man with a tattoo that inspired stretch to maybe get some ink. Ah, It's just a wonderful time. Was great things on the stretch show today. You learn, you live. Make your life better. I could save your life. If you were thinking about being a fapper, what is it, a, a no fapper? I don't know what that means. But you uh, abstain from masturbation. Stretch bar I just saved your life. You might have died of prostate cancer. I saved you. You're welcome. That's what the Stretch Show does. We save lives. We help people. Knock it out of the park what we do. On a regular. Uh, all the podcasts out there stepping up to us. Suck it. I got a podcast too. You got a podcast. <laughs> I do it once a week. Suck my balls. Rain, shine, sickness, and health. The Big 49 rolls out the Stretch Show five days a week. And then the Moto Show every single Saturday. That's six days a week of Stretch. I get a little sick of Stretch under 49, but we deliver. That's what we do. I'm the effing mailman. Weather crappy. Stretch delivers. Stretch is sick. Stretch delivers. F your podcast. I got a podcast. My podcast is everywhere. Podcasts are served. And if they don't have the Stretch Show podcast, find a new place to get your podcast. Because that place sucks donkey balls. That's what I tell you. And if you're thinking of coming up against us bring your stack of money and bring it to the table and you better know some radio and you better know how to entertain people i've listened to our moto show on saturdays you want to see the vlog go to the big 49.com the big 49.com and look at the vlog you know what none of the moto shows have none of the moto media have a drop of humor they're all so uptight i could shovel up a coal up their asses and have a diamond in a week We try to add humor to ours and try to have fun, and that's what it's about. We think real moto dudes like moto, but they also like to have fun, and they also like fart jokes and dumb crap. We're trying to give you all that. You're welcome. And I saved your life today. It's a win-win. Stretch wins. So do you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you all, and God bless the United States of America.